I want to begin a three-part series. This will be this morning, tonight, and tomorrow night on how to receive a miracle from God. And these will be things that some of you, I'm sure, have heard bits and pieces of this. But again, you need to get things organized and put into a, a way that you can apply it in your life. Every last one of us either has, do now, or will need a miracle from God. And that is not a negative confession. Some people think, not me. Boy, I'm just so blessed I'll never have a problem. Well, I've never met the person yet, and I'm certainly not the person. Every last one of us needs a miracle. A miracle, by definition, is just a supernatural intervention of God. In other words, superseding the natural laws. There's times that you, you things aren't going to work out in the natural. You're going, to take, you're going to have to have a supernatural intervention of God to be able to survive. And uh, if you aren't in that position right now, I encourage you to get hold of this, to take notes, make this, uh, apply it to your life, because if you don't need it right now, you will need it sometime or another. And the easiest time to learn your lesson is before the storm hits. If you wait until the storm hits before you go out and try and build your house, <laughs> you're in trouble. Amen. Usually what you have to do after the storm hits is go into your neighbor's house and weather out the storm and then wait for clearing before you go build your own. That's spiritually, see, that's where a lot of people are. They wait until trouble hits, and then they start trying to believe God in desperation. And that is not the best time to believe God. The best time to believe God is when you don't have your back against the wall. It really is. Some of you are doubting about that. You say, man, I'm really more motivated when my back's against the wall. Well, you may be desperate and motivated, but your emotions, fear, and other things that enter in lots of times cancel out your faith. And so you really need to learn how to believe God before your troubles hit. Amen? So we're going to be sharing some things, I believe, that will really, really help you in being able to receive from God. First of all, before I get into this, let me just say, I've got a tape series back there entitled Blessings and Miracles, which the title may be misleading. And some of you may think, what's that about? Well, it's contrasting a miracle and a blessing. And actually, a blessing is greater than a miracle. Living by miracles is not God's best. Now, I'm teaching on how to receive a miracle from God. So I'm not against miracles, okay? And everybody at some time or another will need a miracle. And if you're in a situation where you just can't come out of it by natural means, well, then at the moment, a miracle is God's best for you. But a person that lives their entire life from miracle to miracle is going to be a defeated person. Thanks for that thunderous silence. <laughs> what I mean by that is, say for instance, if you're one that believes in the supernatural healing power of God and you just trust God to heal you and you live from one healing miracle to the next, you aren't living as good a life as the person who's learned how to get into the blessing of God and not ever get sick. Walking in divine health is better than learning how to walk in divine healing. I'd rather be divinely healthy than divinely healed. Amen. I'd rather be prospered to such a degree that I don't have to believe God for a new car. I can just go take it out of my bank account. I'm so blessed. Now, some of you are wondering about that, but I've been both places. I've been to where I had to believe for my meals every single day to be able to survive. I mean, if God didn't do a miracle, we didn't eat. I've been through some hard times. I've, I've been on both sides, and I'd rather be to such a place that when you're blessed, you can just go, you can go get your food. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to pray for God to multiply your groceries, etc. Amen. And anyway, I've got a lot of teaching on that three-part series. So, the blessing of God really is the best. It's what we're shooting for. But it's like miracles. Uh, every one of us need them at some time to help kind of get us jump started. 
help get us uh, going in the things of God. If it wasn't for miracles, I don't think any of us would grow and mature to a place to where we could really walk in the blessings of God. There are times that we just need the supernatural intervention of God in our lives. And the sad thing is most Christians don't really know how to receive a miracle. Now, it's one thing to believe that God does miracles, but that's not enough. You've got to know how to receive it. Just believing that God can do it is not enough. And I, if I was to take a poll today of the people in this service, I know that you believe in miracles. If you didn't, you wouldn't be here, amen. You'd be at the church, first church of the frigid air down the street somewhere else. You wouldn't come out here to a shopping center into one of these kind of churches. Some of you have suffered ridicule and rejection and everything else. The reason you're here is because you believe in the supernatural power of God. You believe in miracles. You'd fight for it. Some of you, if somebody said, do you believe in the miracle power of God? Boy, you'd stand up and be one of the most vocal about it. And yet there's many of you in here that need a miracle in your life and don't have it. And you don't, you're at a loss of how to receive it. You believe God can do it, but how do you get from where you are to where these miracles are? And sad to say, a lot of Christians don't believe that there is any certain path. There's no certain way to get there. It's just kind of you wish and you hope and you pray and maybe God will do it. Maybe he won't. There's no way that you can grab hold of something and definitely make it happen. And boy, that is not what the Bible teaches. One of the things that the Lord has done in my life is just establish the integrity of His Word that God is not hit and miss. God doesn't sometimes do this and sometimes do that. And other people say, you never know what God's going to do. You can't put God in a box. And uh, basically what that is is an excuse so that if it, you pray and it doesn't work, you can say, well, it wasn't God's will. No, that's not so. I guarantee you, God is predictable. God's the one that created everything physical around us. And you know, this physical world is so orderly. It just amazes me, the precision of everything God made. The heavens and the earth. You know, when they shoot these rockets to other planets and things, it is, I mean, everything is so predictable. You can tell 10 years, 20 years, 30 years from now where a planet's going to be. Because God set it up on a system. Everything works perfectly. We've got these 10-year calendars. You can show things 10 years in advance. You know, how, do you, how can you do this? Because God made an orderly world. And it's crazy to think that someone who created everything so orderly is himself disorganized. You never know what God's going to do. God may do it this way one time and this way the next time. That God is not like that. God is not schizophrenic. God is predictable. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And one of the things that has blessed me tremendously in my walk with the Lord is just knowing that, God, you're forever faithful. God, you've never failed me. God, it's no deal about me just praying and wishing and hoping that you'll answer my prayers. There are laws that govern the things of God. In Romans chapter 3, verse 27, the scripture there says, Where is boasting then? It is excluded by what law? By the law of works? Nay, but by the law of faith. There is a law of faith. Faith go is governed by law. Law is something that is unchangeable. It means that it doesn't just work sometimes. You know, if they have a plane crash up here, they bring in the FAA and they begin to start researching, trying to find out why that plane crashed. And sometimes they'll say it was mechanical problems. Sometimes yeah, it was pilot error. Maybe it was an extra um, unusual weather pattern or something. But I've actually heard cases where they come back and they can't figure out why it crashed. They can't find a mechanical problem. There's no evidence that the pilots failed. And sometimes they'll just have to say unknown causes. But I have never heard them come back and say, well, the laws just weren't working that day. Aerodynamics weren't working. It was impossible to fly. The laws just quit working. 
They, that's never an option. They don't even doubt that because by definition, a law is something that is unchangeable. And the Bible says that, that boasting is excluded by the law of faith. Faith is governed by laws. Did you know the kingdom of God operates under law? It's consistent. You know, if somebody is killed by gravity, we sometimes wonder why God did that. God didn't do it. God just put down laws. You jump off a 15-story building, gravity is going to kill you. God didn't look at you and say, all right, I'm going to teach you. There's a law that's in effect, and you learn how to cooperate with them, and they'll work for you like you're sitting on your chair. There's no problem. You aren't having to hold on to it. It's not a struggle because gravity is there for your own benefit. You've learned how to cooperate with it. But if you ignore those laws and begin to go contrary to them, you can get killed by the same laws that were intended to be for your own good. And it's the same thing with God. There are laws that govern the operation of God. And I'm, I'm saying all of this to, talk, to give an introduction. How do you receive a miracle from God? One of the first things is to recognize that miracles are not just hit and miss. You never know whether they're going to work or not. You can tap into a miracle. You learn the laws of God. You learn how the things work. You do it. And you can receive your miracle from God. You can see God move in your life. Now, somebody's thinking now, are you saying that you can just kind of push a button and make God come out? You can turn God on and off. You can do whatever you want to. No, what I'm saying is God's on all the time. And anytime you get turned on, you can see the power of God operate. Amen. God's always wanting to move in your behalf. It's not you controlling God. God's always for you. God's a good God. God desires for you to prosper. God's will is for you to be healthy. God's will is for you to be above only and not beneath. And if you aren't in one of those categories, it's not God that you're waiting on to perform a miracle. God's waiting on us to learn and to reach out and to flip that switch and to turn on the power of God that will release His ability in our life. You are the one that controls God's ability in your life. God doesn't. Now, it's God's power, it's His ability, but it's up to you. The Scripture says in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, Now unto Him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. How many of you believe that? You're wrong. See, I quoted that Scripture the way people believe it, not the way it's written. You ought to look that up. Here's the way that Scripture really goes. Now unto Him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think according to the power that works in us. If you leave off that phrase, according to the power that works in us, you do not have a truth. God is not able to do exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think, period. Because if there isn't any power working on the inside of you, if you aren't believing God, if there's no positive force on the inside of you, you can stop God's intervention in your life. And see, a lot of people think, well, now, wait a minute. God's God. Nobody controls God. Nobody can tell God what to do. It's not the fact that God is limited by you. It's not you having more authority and power in God. God can do whatever He wants to, but God has chosen to never violate your will. God has chosen to flow through you, is what this scripture says, according to the power that works in you. So if you turn the power off in you, then you turn off God's power in your life. You can stop God's power. Satan can't stop God, but you can. Satan can't stop God from doing anything, but you can stop God in your life. And brothers and sisters, many of us, without knowing it, 
are stopping God from moving in our own life. And and there's a lot of things. I can't tell you everything I know in three sessions. I can come close, amen. But there's, we're just going to be hitting on some real highlights of things. But I want to get some things across to you that, praise God, God wants you to prosper. God has a miracle for you. God can supernaturally intervene in your life, but you are going to have to get off your spiritual duff and begin to believe God. We're going to have to get off dead center and quit waiting on God and just saying, God, I'm waiting on you and recognize that God's waiting on us. Amen. Hope I've agitated you already. (laughs) If I do nothing but get you to where you'll go check on it, amen, that'll be be good. Let's turn over here to Luke chapter 1 and begin to look at, I believe, probably the most important miracle that ever took place in the Bible. Now, again, a miracle, it depends what you need. If you need to be healed today, that may be the most important miracle to you. But from a scriptural perspective, the the virgin birth of the Lord Jesus Christ was probably the most critical thing that ever happened in the history of the world. If Jesus hadn't been born of a virgin, none of us could have been redeemed. So this is a supernatural miracle. This is not normal. Amen. Remember, a miracle is an intervention, supernatural intervention uh, over the affairs, natural way of doing things. In Luke chapter 1... In verse 26, Scripture says, And in the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin, a spouse to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying. Boy, it's amazing how we respond to God. You know, religion has just nearly ruined Christianity. Boy, I hate religion. I hate religion nearly as much as God hates it. We just got back from Romania, two weeks in Romania, ministering in the Pentecostal churches. And I just shook the dust off my feet and said, that's it. From now on, I'll go to the street corners and do whatever I've got to. Who wants to mess with the religion over there? They don't believe in miracles. They believe that they just refuse to believe in miracles. They refuse to preach salvation. Man, it's terrible. Religion is sorry. And religion just gets us conditioned to where, you know, we're, we're ready to accept God rebuking us. We're ready to accept God being angry at us. If, he would have, if this angel would have come to Mary and said, you sorry scum, you worm, you wretched thing, Mary would have said, it's God. <laughs> but if he comes and says, hail thou that are highly favored, you're blessed among all women. Man, this troubled her. (laughs) Caused fear in her heart. Man, who is this? We have been, we got a mindset that God's just half ticked off at us all of the time, ready to get us. That's what religion's taught us. I've had people come up to me in my service and say, I just don't feel like I've been preached to if you don't step on my toes. There's a lot of people that to them going to church and getting beat up bloody to where you just walk out miserable. Man, I was in church. God forbid. God's a good God. God wants to bless you. God's not here to make you feel bad. Amen. She was troubled at this saying and cast in her mind what matter of salutation this should be. Boy, that's great. Why should we be troubled at God loving us? Most of us don't know God's love because religion hadn't taught it to us. 
And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. And he shall be great and shall be called the Son or excuse me, and, and shall be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? Now, here's the question on Mary's part. Did you know that questions aren't always wrong? Mary asked a question. Zacharias, in the second chapter, or was it the first chapter, it was the first chapter right before this. Zacharias went in and the Lord appeared unto him and told him he was going to have a son in his old age. And Zacharias says, how can this be? Now his question was mockery. It was unbelief. It was like, God, how could you do such a thing? God wasn't pleased with that. He got smoked. <laughs> Amen. He was unable to talk until the child was born. But Mary asked a question and instead of being rebuked for it, it was actually a positive thing. There's nothing wrong with questions if it's not doubting God. If you aren't saying, God, how could you do this? Now, see, that's the wrong kind of question. But if you ask a question like, God, I believe it. How are you going to do it? What do you want me to do? We need to ask questions like that. Did you know that if Abraham would have asked God a question when he said that you are going to have a child and then this child will all nations of the earth be blessed. If Abraham would have said, how, Lord, do you want me to go into my handmaid, uh, into Sarah's handmaid Hagar? If he had asked that question, it would have solved this whole Israeli-Arab conflict that we see today. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with questions. Questions are good if you aren't doubting God through it. If you say, God, I believe you, but how? Why? We're going to be questioning some things today that maybe somebody hadn't even asked these questions. One of the reasons we don't have any more answers is because we hadn't asked any questions. <laughs> Amen. And so she says, how shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Now, this is a great miracle, I believe, by anybody's standards. A virgin conceiving and having a son, and not just any son, but the Son of God manifest in the flesh. Boy, this is an awesome, awesome miracle. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 16 says that God was manifest in the flesh. God Almighty became flesh. How could you put God? You know, when Solomon dedicated the temple, he prayed and he said, God... Here's this temple. We ask you to have respect unto it when we pray, etc. And then he says, but he wound up his prayer by saying, God, how shall you inhabit this building that I've built? Says the heaven, even the heaven of the heavens is not able to contain you. How much less can you dwell in this tabernacle? Well, how much less can God Almighty come and inhabit a physical body? Well, that just blows our mind. And yet God is so awesome that he can do it. Came and lived in a physical body. Tremendous miracle. But did you know that there's some things involved right here that once you understand these principles, you can, you can receive your miracle from God. The same things are involved in this. The thing that's involved right here is when the angel came and talked to Mary. This angel came, and um, I'm going to have to run through some things very quickly. I've got a number of tapes that cover this one topic. I'm not going to be able to go into a lot of detail. But when God creates things, God always speaks them into existence with words. 
in Genesis chapter 1, and I'm going to run through these things quickly, so I'm not going to take time to turn to it. I'll quote it. You can look it up or you can get the tape, whatever. But in Genesis chapter 1, I think that there's something like eight or nine times that the Lord said, let there be light, and there was light. The Lord said, let the earth bring forth fruit, and it did it. Everything that the Lord created, He created by words. God spoke everything physical that we see into existence by words. Now, it's God's power that we're talking about, and we're going to have to learn God's rules, God's laws. It's not a matter of us just saying, well, this is what I want, and I believe God's going to do it. No, you've got to find out how God does it. It's God's power that we're using. So how did God create things? How did God bring miracles into being? He spoke them into being. He created them by His words. In Hebrews chapter 11, the Scripture says, Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Everything physical that we see was created by God's words coming out of His mouth. And that's how He created you and me and everything physical that we've got. So your words, the Word of God, is going to be involved in your miracle. Boy, this is, this is important. I'm praying that you're getting what I'm saying because most people miss this point. Most people believe miracles come in response to prayer. Prayer is like water, fertilizer, that you put on the seed after it's already planted. But boy, you can water barren ground until now until the Lord comes and nothing's going to come out of it. There are some of us that have put prayer above anything else. Man, if I just pray, if I seek God, it's going to happen. Not necessarily. You've got to have the Word of God sown. Now, if the Word of God is sown, then praying and seeking God is very good. But many of us have just gotten to a place where we believe it's our desire. If we're serious enough, if we're earnest enough, if we plead with God enough, surely God's going to move in our life. That's not how God provides a miracle. That's right. If God was moved by need, then every person's needs would be met. If God was moved by need, then the people who are in the worst case, who are the most desperate cases, would always get their need meant first. And yet that's not so. I've seen God pass over four or five people who needed it worse than another person and reach this person because that person was believing God. God is not moved by need. God is not moved out of pity how desperate your situation is. You've got to plant a seed, which is the Word of God. Look at a scripture over here in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23. It says, Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the Word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. We are not born again of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed, the Word of God that lives and abides forever. And if you look that word up for seed right here, it's talking about sperm is exactly the word that's used. It's talking about the sperm of a man. You aren't born again spiritually through a natural union, but you are born again through a supernatural union, and the seed that is used to produce that is the Word of God. The Word of God is called a seed. You know, I used to pastor a bunch of... Um, uh, farmers and ranchers out in Pritchett, Colorado. I was talking to a lady this morning whose parents live in Pritchett, Colorado. But I learned a lot of things from them. And one of the things I learned is that those people, you know, they were just simple folk, but they believed that if you planted wheat, you got wheat. If you plant corn, you get corn. They were just laws. They didn't even question it. They were just laws. That's the way it worked. 
And nobody, I mean, if you had wheat growing in your field, nobody would have come up and said, I don't know why that happened. I planted corn and I got wheat. You never can tell. <laughs> Things like that don't work. If they had corn in their field, they planted corn or somebody else planted corn. But if you get what you plant, and I see everybody agrees with that in the natural, but when it comes to spiritual things, most people don't believe that. Most people say, I don't know why this has happened. Man, I've been doing what the Word says. I've done everything I'm supposed to do, and yet here I am, sick, poor, diseased. You just never know what God's going to do. If you aren't reaping what the Word of God says, you haven't planted what the Word of God says to plant. Somebody's thinking, well, brother, that condemns me. That's not condemnation. That's just the truth. You reap what you sow. Amen? Amen. Yeah, some of you don't believe that. I can tell by your reaction. <laughs> That's the truth. The Word of God is a seed. If you sow the Word of God in your life, and if the Word of God is primary in your life, you're going to get the results of the Word of God. And that's not to say that Satan won't fight you. That's not to say that there won't be problems come your way. But the end result, the overall uh, thrust of your life is you're going to have what God's Word says. Satan will fight you for it, but praise God, you'll win. Brothers and sisters, you know that point right there, we could camp there for a week. Most Christians don't believe that. Even a lot of you who said that's true don't believe that. And I'm not saying that to condemn. I'm just saying that a lot of us intellectually know it. But in our heart, we've tried it. It didn't work. The devil didn't roll over and play dead. And because of it, we still intellectually say it. But in our heart, there's a fear. There's reservations. We don't have the absolute just confidence, naive belief that, man, God's Word's going to prevail in my life. There's some of you believe you can do everything the Word says and still be sick, still be struck with sickness and disease and everything else. You just can't control it. That's not what the Word teaches. Amen or oh me. <laughs> There's some of you that just don't have that absolute confidence in the Word of God. And it's because you see what God's Word says, but you see the experiences of other people. Every time something like Jimmy Swaggart happens or Jim Baker or something else, people's confidence just wanes. I have people write me floods of letters, come in, why did this happen? How can I stand? How can I know that I can hold on to my faith if Jimmy Swaggart can't make it? Well, I can guarantee you, Jimmy Swaggart didn't sow the right seed somewhere. Now, I don't know this man, so it's not my business to pass judgment, but I'm excited that if he kept his mind stayed on the Word of God, if he meditated in the Word of God day and night, he would not be living the way he's living. Now, that's not a criticism of him. That, people, that man's reached more people than I've ever reached, and I'm not against him. I'm not condemning him, but I'm saying he's not perfect. And somewhere, he hadn't been meditating on the things of God. He's been meditating on something else. <laughs> Amen. And everybody knows what he's been meditating on. It can happen to anybody. I'm not condemning him, but I'm saying he sowed some wrong seed. Romans chapter 8, I believe it's verse 6, says, To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Spiritually minded, John 6.63 says, is word minded. John 6.63 says, The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. If all you do is keep your mind on the word of God, then all you're going to get is word of God results. Isn't that simple? If you're sick, it's because you've been thinking sick. You may not have been thinking, I want to be sick, but your thinking is sick. <laughs> you may not have been thinking, I want cancer, but you've been thinking in strife. 
Strife is an inroad of every evil work is what James 3.16 says. Where envy and strife is, there's confusion in every evil work. You get into strife and you just like to say, you throw open the door and say, Satan, get me. Now, you may not have been thinking, I want cancer, but you've been thinking on things other than God's Word. You think on the Word of God. You think on, by His stripes I'm healed, meditate on that day and night, and it'll be health to all of your flesh and life to those who find Him. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 says that. The Word of God is health unto all of your flesh and life unto those who find Him. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. You cannot die believing God's Word. If you died, it's because you weren't believing God's Word. You may have known what God's Word said. You may have tried it. You may have looked really sincere to me or to somebody else. But in your heart, you weren't believing God's Word. If you hear a testimony of somebody who died believing God for their healing, they may have believed God comparative to other people in a great way or something, but in their heart, they weren't believing God. The Bible says to be spiritually minded is life and peace. God's Word is spiritually minded. If you're thinking according to God's Word, you're going to prosper. Amen? Thanks for that thunderous silence. Most quiet in this Presbyterian church. I know that there's a lot of people say, brother, you're just hard. You're condemning people. I'm just saying that God's word is true and that God is not a flake and that God doesn't sometimes come through and other times doesn't come through. But it's according to the power that works in us. And the fact is, most of us, our, our, it's like my son told my, my wife one day, we were sitting around the breakfast table. He just made a joke and he said, mom, if your brains were dynamite, you couldn't blow your nose. <laughs> Most of us, the power that's within us, we couldn't blow our nose with the power that we've got. I mean, we don't have any power working in us. And I'm talking about spirit-filled people. Amen? Now, I don't know anything about this church. I haven't heard a negative thing. Nobody put me on your case, all right? I'm just talking about what I experience. I meet people all of the time who are spirit-filled people who would fight for the fact that God heals. And yet, when it comes right down to it, they aren't established in anything. They've allowed Satan to talk them out of because they tried. They stood and they asked for healing one time and it didn't work. Somebody didn't get healed. They didn't get healed. Something didn't work. And so in their own mind, they wouldn't come out and say it because they don't want to be embarrassed in front of other people. But in their heart, they aren't totally sold on the fact that the word will work every time. Experience has dictated to them and their faith has actually been uh, hurt because of it, hindered. Brothers and sisters, I've had the same thing happen to me. I've laid hands on people and had them fall over dead when I prayed for them, and they weren't raised from the dead. I've seen some things happen. I've had opportunities. I've got reason to quit if anybody ever did. But you know what? I believe God's Word is true whether I can see it in my life or not. And because of that, I've seen more happen than a lot of people. I hadn't seen everything happen. In the times that everything hasn't worked, it hadn't been God's fault, it was mine. Amen? You're going to have to get dogmatic. You're going to have to make a decision made in Romans 3, 4. Let God be true and every man a lie. You're going to have to let God be true and your circumstances be a lie. When I first started preaching healing, I'd never been sick to speak of in my life. And as soon as I started preaching healing, I had sickness come on me for three months. I was sick constantly. Hebrews chapter 10, I believe it's verse 35, says, Once you're enlightened, you endure a great fight of afflictions. And that's exactly what happens. Once you get the truth, Satan's going to hit you with everything he's got planned for three years because you're your weakest when you're first receiving that truth. 
and he's going to hit you trying to get you to back off of it. And I finally went through a thing where I honestly started to back off of healing and say, this can't be God because I wasn't sick before I preached healing. Now I'm sick all the time. And I started to back off of it. And finally, I came to a place to where what's true, what I experience or what God's word says. And I got up and I remember the night that I made a decision. I'm going to preach it. I don't care whether I ever see healing in my life. I'm going to say what God's word says. Did you know when I made that decision, the sickness broke? And it's now been, um, well, I don't even know. It's, I was a, probably less than 12 years old last time I had any medication in my body of any kind. Last time anything like that happened. I went to the dentist this last week, which probably I should have believed for that, but I was <laughs> I didn't want to fight this thing over in Romania. So anyway, I went to the dentist and got a tooth pulled, and that guy gave me a painkiller and was telling me about how it's going to hurt, and I said, no, I'm not going to take any of your painkillers. And I said, I hadn't had an aspirin in my body for 30-something years. I'm not going to start now. He couldn't believe it. Now, I've had a few opportunities to get sick, and I took a couple of them. But most of them, it's probably, it's probably been, what, two or three years since I've had a cold or any kind of sickness. And every once in a while, some of it's usually my own fault. I ran a race one time and nearly killed myself. And, and I had a meeting that started that night, and I was preaching on healing. And I was so sick, I couldn't see the people. Couldn't see past the first row. That was my own ignorance. I nearly killed myself. The way I, but anyway, where was I when I got off on that? Anyway, God's Word is true. And so you preach healing whether you can experience it or not. And did you know when you start doing that, you'll start seeing the things of God come to pass. God's Word is true. We need to recognize that God's got more smart than we do. And that if you can't understand something, that doesn't mean that God is incorrect. You just need to say, God, I'm sorry. If I don't understand it, I still hold on to your integrity. God's Word is true. So anyway, a while ago I was talking about that God creates everything by His words. He spoke the worlds into existence. And did you know that when Jesus, when He wanted to bring Jesus into this earth, that God could not just create Jesus? Now see again, here's some questions that you need to ask yourself. Why did God wait 4,000 years after the fall of Adam before Jesus came on the scene? Wasn't he concerned about the people in the Old Testament? Why did he let them suffer without a Redeemer? Why did those things happen the way that they did? And I believe that the reason for it is because when God created the heavens and the earth, he gave authority over the earth to mankind. He said in Genesis 1.26, he says, you are 1.27, you have authority over this earth. You rule it. You subdue it. In Psalms chapter 8, it says, All beasts of the field, all cattle, all creeping things, everything has been put under our dominion. In Psalms 115, verse 16, it says, The heaven, even the heavens of the heavens are the, Lord, are the Lord's, but the earth hath he given unto the sons of man. God gave physical mankind dominion over the earth. And so God did not rule directly over the affairs of the earth. Everybody follow this? And because God is, is, uh, has integrity, because when God says something, He will not violate His Word, God could not come down here after mankind blew it and just intervene and say, King's X, I take back all my authority I gave you. I'm going to do what, I'm going to straighten this mess out. That's not the way. The Lord had to work through man. In Psalms chapter 89, verse 34, the scripture says, My covenant will I not break nor alter the thing that has gone forth out of my lips. When God says something, it's binding. It's a covenant to Him. 
With us, it's not that way. If we say something and it doesn't work to our advantage, we just change. God isn't that way. God gave authority over this earth to mankind, and mankind misused it, but God would not come down and just intervene in our affairs. He had to flow through mankind. There's a scripture, I believe, in the book of Isaiah that says that the Lord wondered that there was no intercessor. And he was looking among men for someone who would stand in the gap, but he couldn't find any. So he says, I'll have to bring it myself. God was looking for some man to flow through, but there was no man. And so what God had to do was he had to come in, the, in, in flesh himself and bring redemption for us. But how does God create another man? He had to speak it into existence. But see, God no longer was in directly, direct control. He had to speak through man. Is everybody following what I'm saying? And the problem was that there was no one man who would say everything needed to say to bring Jesus into manifestation. So God, it took him 4,000 years speaking through man. He would speak to a man's heart and then that man would speak forth. And Isaiah said, Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bring forth a son. And I shall call his name Emmanuel, which is God with us. He'll be the governor and on and on. And all of these prophecies, everything that was spoken about Jesus, God had to speak them through people. He began to speak through Abraham. He began to speak through David. David uh, called him a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek, which had to be spoken. See, God had to speak these things through mankind. That's the reason it took 4,000 years. God was speaking all of these prophecies all through the years. And finally, the scripture says, when the fullness of time was come, that meant that Jesus came as soon as things were ready. The reason Jesus is called, called the Word is because He was the Word. He was the Word of God that had been spoken and He literally entered into a physical body and outside of the Word of God being the seed instead of some man providing the seed, everything else about the virgin birth was completely normal, natural. It was, it was natural with the exception that the Word of God was the seed that made her conceive. And the rest of it, she carried the baby normally. And Jesus literally became the Word and dwelt among us. That's how God brought that greatest miracle. He spoke it into existence. And then a messenger delivered the message and Mary received it. And when she received it, conception took place. Did you know that, I don't know if this is accurate or not, but for the, the sake of teaching what I'm talking about, I believe each one of us have a spiritual womb. I believe that in our spirit, we conceive a miracle. The Word of God enters in and the Word of God germinates and begins to release the power of God. And you know, there are different ways to receive a miracle. You can receive it through a miracle gift. You can have somebody like Dave Duell come through here and man, blow on you and spit and chop and do everything else. And you can get a miracle that way. And that's basically the only way most people get a miracle is based on somebody else's faith. But when it comes, you know, when the man of God isn't here, and, and uh, even though I praise God for people like that that are special, you can't depend on them. God doesn't want you to depend on them. He doesn't want you to wait from year to year until the man of God comes through so that you can receive. He wants you to be able to receive. How do you do that? You take the Word of God and you let it germinate on the inside of you and it will bring forth fruit. It's a law. It's a law. I promise you, you begin to start having a relationship with the Word of God. You put the Word of God in your heart. Meditate on it day and night and you're going to get pregnant spiritually. You are going to bring forth fruit. It's impossible not to do it. 
But on the other hand, it's impossible to have your miracle with barring the exception of somebody just coming through and dumping it on you. But I mean, you receiving directly from God, it's impossible to have a miracle without planting the word of God in your heart. There was this one farmer that I dealt with that he was a faith man. And he got so turned on to the Lord, he was a speaker at Full Gospel Businessmen's Group. He got so uh, turned on that he just thought he could uh, violate natural laws. And God would work anyway. And this guy waited until the month before the wheat was harvested. I mean, everybody else's wheat was already up. And he went out and planted $100,000 worth of wheat in November. And when it didn't come up, and when he lost his $100,000, and he was $2.5 million in debt because his crop didn't come in, he came to me and wanted me to pray, and he was upset with God. And I told him, I said, Billy Bob, that's not the way it works, amen. (laughs) I said, you didn't sow a crop, and you want a crop. And he just couldn't understand. Well, God was going to honor him because he was out on the full gospel businessman circuit preaching. That's ignorance gone to seed. You don't get a crop if you don't sow a crop. And yet spiritually, there's a lot of us that do the same thing. There's a lot of us that we don't know what God's Word. Oh, we may intellectually know, but there's a difference between just knowing it in your head and having it where it's a part of you. We haven't had the seed planted in us, and yet we want all of the harvest. It doesn't work that way. See, we know the natural laws, and we cooperate with them. I actually had a woman come to me one time, and she asked me to pray that she could get pregnant. And right as I was laying hands on her, the Lord just spoke through me, and I said, Are you married? And she said, No. (laughs) I took my hands off real quick. I said, I'm not praying for you. I said, There was only one virgin birth, and if you get pregnant and not married, I'm not going to have any part of it. Amen. There's some people, see, that just they aren't cooperating with God properly, and yet they're wanting results. It doesn't work that way. You know, the Bible says in Psalms 120, or excuse me, this isn't 120. I forgot where that was. 107, verse 20. Psalms 107, verse 20, it says, He sent His Word and healed them and delivered them from all of their destruction. God sent His Word to heal you. Did you know that the Word of God has power to produce healing? And yet many of us, when we need healing from God, we go to God and we're asking, we're begging, we're pleading, we're bawling, we're... Uh, we're playing on God's mercy. We're doing everything except taking the word, which Psalms chapter, I mean, Proverbs 4.20 says is health to all of your flesh and life to them that find it. Man, when you're sick, you need to take God's word and put it on the inside of you and begin to start planting that seed on the inside and it'll bring forth healing. And there's a difference in just having the Bible over here on the coffee table and having it in your heart. Sometimes people will look at a minister and you'll say, well, boy, I wished I had those kind of results. I wished I could have seen somebody raised from the dead. I wished I could see blind eyes open. I wished I could see all these great miracles. But you don't know what most people that have seen those kind of things have gone through. I guarantee you, brothers and sisters, there have been times that I have been so sick, I laid on the floor all one night with the Bible. I couldn't stand up or sit up. I was so sick. And I refused to lay in the bed and act sick. So I, I was up, at least. I was on the floor, but I was up. And I had my Bible in front of me all night long, quoting, By His Stripes, 
I was healed. I quoted every healing scripture that I knew. And somebody said, well, I don't know why it has to be that hard. It doesn't have to be that hard. It's because I was a Baptist. I was taught against all this stuff. I've been taught how to be sick. I've been taught how to disbelieve God. I had a lot of renewing of my mind. It isn't that hard. If you just took somebody and they got born again and you stuck a work, the Bible in their hand and told them to believe it, and if nobody told them anything differently, it wouldn't be that hard. But man, I've been taught a lot of junk, and it took a while to get it out of me. And I spent a whole night walking around and or crawling around on the floor, quoting scriptures and standing on before I saw any result. I fought over my kids for weeks at a time before I've seen healing manifest in it. I've prayed for people five and six hours after they've been dead, standing there praying in tongues, doing everything I knew, trying to stand on the Word of God and renew my mind. I've had some hard times. But you know what? I'm, I'm still not perfect. I still don't see everything work, but I'm seeing a tremendous amount of results. It pays off. It sometimes is hard to renew your mind. There's been times that my mind has shouted at me against the Word of God so strong that I had to literally pray in tongues or speak in prayer as loud as I could so that I couldn't physically think anything except what I was saying out of my mouth. Somebody say, well, I just don't want to do that. Well, that's the reason it hadn't worked for you. Amen? You've been trained one way. You've been trained wrong all of your life. No, none of us just naturally grow up believing God. It's against your nature. Doesn't matter if you were brought up in a pagan home or a Christian home. You were not automatically taught to believe God. And it takes some renewing of your mind. And God's Word is the most important step, I believe, in receiving a miracle. It's getting to the place where you don't just know what it says, but you're meditating in it. Romans 10, 17 says, So then, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. It didn't say faith comes by having heard. Faith comes by hearing, present tense. It doesn't matter if five years ago you made a commitment and believed that God heals. That's not going to help you today unless it's a reality in you today. Is it something that's real? Is it something that's working on the inside of you or is it something you heard five years ago? Are you hearing present tense or have you just heard in the past? Is it something that you are keeping alive and active on the inside of you or is it just something you filed away? I believe God heals. Boy, it's quiet. <laughs> the truth is, most of us really don't meditate on the Word the way we should. Most of us aren't in the Word of God. We are occupied. Our lives are just dominated with all kinds of other things. We don't have time for the Word. And then we're upset with God about why we aren't receiving our miracle. That's just as foolish as the man that didn't even plant his seed in the ground and was upset with God why he didn't reap a wheat harvest. There's, there's no problem. you got to plant the seed. God took 4,000 years planting the seed for Jesus. And did you know once that seed's planted, a woman when she gets pregnant, she knows she's pregnant before anybody else does. There will be symptoms. There will be signs. You'll know that you're pregnant. Nobody else may believe it. Man, you may go tell everybody, man, I got it. God's done it. I've received. And everybody's looking at you. You still look sick. You still look poor. You still look like everybody. It doesn't matter. You know you've conceived. It's just a matter of time until the term comes and that you deliver. 
And then after a while, you go around and you're so full of joy and power and everything else, everybody else can begin to start seeing it. You still hadn't got the answer yet, but everybody else, you're showing. Amen. There's some of you who are nine months pregnant. Amen. Just any time now, you're ready to deliver. And then finally, when you see the miracle, then everybody else believes. But see, there's, there's a conception process. There's a period of time of, of keeping something in your heart and knowing that God has given it to you even before you see the thing manifest. But you just can't ignore this step unless you just want to wait until the man comes through once every year and receive it on his faith. He's been praying. He's been meditating. He's been doing all of the things for you. But if you're going to receive a miracle from God on a consistent basis, then you need to get to where you're planting God's Word in your heart. You're meditating in it day and night. And you do that, you won't even understand how. And sometimes it's hard to tell when you pass that threshold between when it's just in your mind and when all of a sudden it's really in your heart. I can't always tell you where that threshold is, but after it's crossed, I can tell you. Amen. You just know that you know. All of a sudden, the Word of God is alive to you. It's more than just words on a page. It's a part of you. And man, you know that you know God's Word is working in your life. And there's some of you that have never crossed that threshold. You know that like you're praying for your family, you're believing for somebody to be saved or your marriage to come together. You've got the right scriptures, but in your heart, there's really fear, there's anxiety, there's worry, there's care. You've never passed the place to where, man, you know that you know God has spoken to you and it's going to come to pass. There's some of you in your physical bodies. You know the Bible says by his stripes we're healed, but in your heart is fear and all these other things. What you need to do is get in God's Word and meditate it until it literally pushes all that other stuff out. And man, the Word of God conceives on the inside of you. It'll happen. And it's exactly that simple. It's not easy because you're going to fight... 20, 30, 40, 50 years, however old you are, of unrenewed mind and carnal thoughts. And it may be the biggest fight you've ever had in your life, but it's exactly as simple as what I'm saying. If you get to a place where God's Word becomes more real to you, you believe it, it is more authority to you than anything else, you'll get the results that God's Word promises. If God's Word is planted in your heart, you'll reap what God's Word produces. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. You start sowing God's word in your life, make it priority, authority, and you'll get the results that God's word produces. Amen? Well, we need that. I believe every last one of us wants those results. And I'm not going to embarrass you today to take account, but if I was to ask, there's very few of us in here that are diligently meditating in the word of God. And yet we all want the results that comes from the Word of God. And yet how many are doing that? How many are in the Word of God? How many are making this priority? How many of you know that you've got feelings and emotions and thoughts that are contrary to God's Word? You know it's wrong. You aren't supposed to be depressed. You aren't supposed to be angry. You know it. You've got knowledge, but you feel like just letting out all this string of unbelief. You feel like just getting down and having a pity party. You know it's wrong, but... And then you wonder why you're getting different results. We need to get to a place to where it doesn't matter what you feel like or anything else. God's Word is going to prevail. And you do that, and praise God, you'll get the results of God. Isn't that simple? That's so simple, you've got to have somebody to help you to misunderstand what I've said today. 
<laughs> Praise God. Sad thing is we've had a lot of help. Praise God. Let's pray. And we're going to ask God to perform those miracles in here today. Some of you have already been doing this and you're ready to deliver. Amen. And maybe this just quickened your faith and praise God today. We can see the birth of the miracle in your life. Father, we love you and thank you for your word. And I ask you, Father, through the Holy Spirit, just like happened with Mary. You said that the power of the Holy Ghost had come upon her and overshadow her. And that thing that would be conceived in her would be called the Son of the Highest. Father, we ask you through the Holy Spirit to take the words that have been spoken today and, Father, counter the unbelief, the doubt, the things that Satan has put in our lives to root those things up. And we just receive with meekness the engrafted Word which is able to save our souls. Father, we receive whatever the promise is that these people need. If it's healing, Father, we receive that promise that by the stripes of Jesus we were healed. It's already been done. Father, we receive that into our heart and believe it's going to bring forth fruit. We receive that you became poor so that we through your poverty might be made rich. That you wish above all things that we may prosper and be in health even as our soul prospers. Father, we receive that. We counter every bit of unbelief and wrong thinking. It doesn't matter what the economy is going through. It doesn't matter if people are being laid off at our jobs. You didn't say you'd supply our needs according to your riches down here on earth, but your riches in glory. We let God be true and every man a liar. We reject anything other than what God's Word says. And Father, we receive your Word and believe that it has power to, to fulfill. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Father, we receive these miracles in here today. I ask you for my brothers and sisters, people that can't go, Father, and just receive a, a blessing to receive their, their supply. Father, they need a miracle today. They're in desperate situations. I'm asking you, Father, to supernaturally intervene today through the Word, that the Word would have brought forth faith and that we'd see manifestation of the things that people are in need of here today. Thank you, Father. Praise the Lord. Father, we receive that. Thank you, Father. Well, the Lord's just speaking to me that there's some people here that financially you have had uh, a desperate situation and you need a miracle today. And the Lord's ministering to you. You aren't going to see just instantaneous results today, but what's going to happen is today God's Word is going to conceive in your heart. You've tried to believe God. You've been trying. And yet... It seems like that what your experiences, your circumstances are more real than God's Word. And yet through the ministry of the Word today, there's a hope, there's a faith within you right now that you could receive the promise that God is prospering you. You need to reach out and receive that and let it take root on the inside of you. And it may be a month or a week or, or a day, but you're going to see that thing manifest that you receive today. Now, there's somebody in here that you need to just stand and say, that's me. I'm going to receive this word from God. God's going to prosper me from this day forth. If that's you, I want you to stand. We're going to pray, and God's going to plant that word in your heart, and you're going to start seeing a miracle come to pass in the area of finances. And it's going to begin today. You may look nine months down the road and say, man, that's when it happened, but this is when it was conceived. Praise God. Father, I thank you for these... And we just speak that no longer are we going to allow ourselves to be lied to and stolen from. Father, it is not the economy that dictates our prosperity. 
It is not what other people do. Father, you said that you would supply our need according to your riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Father, today we receive that word. We receive the word that you are able to make all grace abound towards us so that we always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound unto every good work. That's 2 Corinthians 9, 8. Some of you need to get hold of that scripture. God is making all grace abound towards you so that you always, having all sufficiency in all things, are abounding unto every good work. Father, we receive that word today. I ask you to make that real, Father, to be a special word to each one of these. And Father, we meditate on that. We're going to stand. We're going to fight against what it looks like. We aren't going to let our checkbook tell us that it didn't work. We're going to believe your word, Father, and meditate on it until we see the birth, until we see it manifest. And Father, I thank you. We receive this miracle conceived in our hearts today. And we thank you for that in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's everybody stand up. Father, we just receive today all of these miracles that people need in here today. There's somebody in here that's been praying for another person. You've been interceding, I believe, for a child or a loved one. And you have been praying that God would change their life. The Lord spoke to you today. And he's telling you that the word needs to be planted on the inside of them. The word has to get to them. You've been pleading with God as if it was his will that was the problem, whether God was willing to move in their life. God's saying that he is not the problem. God wants them to change more than they want to change, more than you want them to change. But the thing is, they need to have the word planted in their heart. You need to begin to pray, Matthew 9, 38, the Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth laborers into the harvest. You need to pray that wherever they are, people are coming across their path. They're hearing Christian radio and television, people at work, at school, wherever they are, somebody's speaking the word of God to them. Pray John chapter 14, verse 26, that the Holy Ghost will bring back to their remembrance whatsoever Jesus has spoken unto them. Every scripture that they've ever learned, ever heard, will be brought back to their remembrance in the name of the Lord Jesus. Well, that's a word from God to someone. If you will change your prayers from, oh God, please do something, as if God wasn't willing to do it, to where you become the messenger that allows the word of God to be sown in their life. You'll see results. Praise you, Father. Father, we receive that in the name of Jesus. There's somebody here that your right shoulder, backside of your right shoulder on your back, you've been having problems with that, or you have problems raising your arm. There's a pain like in your shoulder blade back there. God's ministering a healing to you right now. Every bit of pain is leaving you in the name of Jesus. Father, we receive that. Somebody here has been having a sinus uh, drain where it's down your throat. It's been bothering you. God's ministering a healing to you right now in the name of Jesus. I mean, it's going to be supernatural. This is a miracle. It's just going to be instantly taken away from you. Now, what I'm doing is telling you things that God is speaking to me in the Spirit. You may not have seen it in the flesh yet, but that doesn't matter. It's happening. All you got to do is cooperate with it. You'll see the manifestation of it. Thank you, Father. Somebody here has been having pains in your chest. I don't believe it's a heart problem. You may have thought it was, but it's uh, like severe indigestion things. God's ministering a healing to you right now. Father, we receive that. Somebody here has had a uh, pain in your left eye. I'm not sure it's actually your eye. It's behind your eye, but it's right back in that part of your, uh, 
behind your eye, God's ministering a healing to you, whatever's caused that. It could be like back in your temples where you think it is, but God's ministering a healing to that right now in the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Father. Praise the Lord. I'd like to have those that have what I'm calling out. If you would come up here and let me pray for you real quickly. God's going to manifest those things in here. Now, you don't have to come forward, but, but you should. God will manifest these healings. And right now, I'm just asking for the people that I'm calling out something. If you have something else, we'll pray for you in a minute. And I want to deal with the people who, are, are what God, who have what God's calling out right now. What was wrong with you? Father, I thank you that these sinuses clear up supernaturally. Boy, there's the anointing of God. Just receive it. There they are open in Jesus' name. Sinuses are open and clear and working. They're already clear. Thank you, Father. They're already clear. Well, that's, that's it, brother. You're healed. What'd you need? Father, we thank you right now. We release this and believe that her prayers are going to be effectual. Father, you're going to use her to call forth the labors and to sow the word in these people's lives. Praise God. Well, the Lord shows me that not only is it going to be effective for the other person, but you've been operating in grief. You've been grieving over this thing. You've been in sorrow. That's over with. God's not going to be moved by pity. God already loves them more than you could ever love them. You don't need to change his heart. Boy, this is God speaking to you. If you'll receive this, it'll take a tremendous burden off of you. You even use that exact terminology that you burdened, you're burdened for someone. It shouldn't be a burden. Man, God's bearing your burden. You right now just let God use you to take authority over the demonic things that blind them and pray that God opens up their eyes to the Word of God and you're going to see results in the name of Jesus. What do you need? Sinuses. Father, I thank you that these sinuses are healed right now. Well, there's the anointing of God flowing through you. I believe those sinuses open up right this moment in the name of Jesus. What do you need, Beth? Father, I thank you right now. Boy, here's the anointing of God on you, Pat. I command that pain to leave your body now in the name of Jesus. And Father, whatever's caused this pain, I just believe that that's over with. From this time forth, she's healing supernaturally in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Father, I thank you that these sinuses are clear now in the name of the Lord Jesus. Well, Satan is trying to bring... I believe that this is hereditary. Uh, it's more than just sinuses. I don't know all the details, but the Lord just showing me that this is something that would Satan has tried to do that he would have to just live with the rest of his life, and that is not so. I break that curse right now in the name of Jesus and speak that it's over with. Praise God, he's not going to have to live with this in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, we just thank you right now. We believe that these parents are open and receiving the Word of God. We thank you, Father, that you will for them to receive. And now we just direct our prayers, Father, so that she is, is used to sow the Word of God. Also, I believe that because of fear of rejection and fear of your parents rejecting you, you've been compromised the Word. You haven't been bold. There's been certain things that are in your heart that you haven't shared because you thought, well, they wouldn't receive it. They can't be born again. They can't receive without the Word of God. If Satan can get you to compromise the sowing of the Word, then he can stop their salvation. Even if they did see your godly life, 
they need to hear the word to be born again. That doesn't mean you have to preach at them or condemn them, but you need to speak the word. You need to be honest. Praise God. Father, I thank you that you give her boldness to speak the word of God. Boy, that's going to help you. That's going to change your situation. Amen. Praise the Lord. What do you need? Father, I thank you. Your sinuses are already opened. <laughs> They're already opened, aren't they? You got any problems with them? How about you? Father, we thank you right now. Boy, here's the anointing of God. Boy, sister, God's overhauling you. There's going to be a change in you that you won't even recognize for weeks down the road. But you're going to look back and, and your whole attitude's changed. God's changing your attitude right now. Oh, your problem's been right here between your ears. I speak healing over this in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you that you're renewing her mind in the name of Jesus. Boy, God's going to set you free. You're going to have a new rejoicing. You know, at times you felt guilty about having a good time. You felt that if I was really interceding and bearing the responsibility the way I should, that I should have a burden. That's no, not so. Man, the joy of the Lord's your strength. Amen, amen. You're a joyful person. Amen. That's your nature. You need to let it go. You need to rejoice. Amen. God's given you a ministry of bringing joy and peace to other people. Did you know you can bring healing to other people amen. just with your joy? Amen. And I don't know why, but because of circumstances or something, you haven't let it go the way that you should. You've been holding back. Amen. Sister, God's telling you that you've got a ministry of joy. Amen. You've got a ministry of exhortation. Amen. And Romans 12, that's one of your ministries. God's given you a supernatural ability to encourage and exhort people. Amen. And it's going to be done as you rejoice and praise God. Oh, you know that. That's in your heart. Now, you need to act on it. Father, I thank you that her attitude is straightened out. She's going to rejoice in the name of the Lord Jesus. What you need, brother? I thank you, Father, for these sinuses open now in Jesus' mighty name. Oh, brother, there's a power of God on you. We thank you that these sinuses are open. They will not become plugged again in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you these sinuses are open. Oh, boy, here's the anointing of the Lord flowing through you. Father, we receive that in the name of Jesus. Right shoulder and arm. Oh, thank you, Father. Right now, here's the healing virtue of Jesus flowing through you. Praise God. Right there it is. There's all of your healing. All that pain leaves in the name of Jesus. I believe you damaged like a muscle or something there, but God's ministering a healing to it. It's gone in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you that the healing is now flowing through her. All There goes the pain out of your eye. It's gone totally. You can't even find any pain anymore in the name of the Lord Jesus. You're healed. Father, I thank you that just like you took care of the physical, you're going to take care of the spiritual. Father, we praise you for that in Jesus' mighty name. What do you need? I had a major surgery on October 11th uh, to have a benign tumor removed up here. Well, I still feel numbness in my nose and my left. And I also have this problem in my chest from the, uh, I, I thought it was no problem. angina, but the doctor said it's uh, probably... No problem. Father, we thank you. Right now, I release the anointing of God. Well, there's the power of God, brother, flowing. Whatever this problem is right here, it's over with. 
care. Any pain or discomfort, you're gone in Jesus' name. You'll not bother him anymore. I command that numbness to leave his nose and lips now. Father, there was some damage done to nerves uh, through this surgery or whatever. And God, right now, I can see those nerves being healed. God's healing that. You're going to have the feeling come back into you. Oh, there's the anointing of God, brother. By the stripes of the Lord Jesus, you have been healed, and you'll not have any more problems with that. Father, we thank you. We receive that in Jesus' name. How many of you have sinus problems? I want all the sinus people to come here. I'm going to pray for you at one time here. Sinus seems to be a popular thing to have around here. Just line up across here. Father, I thank you that these sinuses are open now in Jesus' mighty name. Oh, there's the power of God. Right there is your sinuses open in Jesus' name, Father. We thank you that these sinuses are open, healed right now in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Praise God. Oh, there's the power of God flowing through your body. I believe you're healed right now in Jesus' mighty name. Brother, God's ministering to you much more than sinuses. Boy, God's really doing some supernatural things in your life. You've been seeking the Lord, and there's been a, a frustration associated with it. It seems like you're getting so so little in compared to what you feel like that you need. God says that there's a lot that you need to understand, and it's not going to all be broken today. But here's a word of the Lord just to encourage you that, brother, He has heard your cry. God is going to reveal Himself to you in a supernatural way. You just be patient. God needs to change some things, some thinking, but it's going to manifest. And just as a token to show you that it's all done right now, your sinuses are open. Brother, in the same way as God can heal those sinuses, in the same way that God can minister to your body, He's going to take care of your emotions and your mind. It's done in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Father, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, we release the anointing of God. Command those sinuses to open up now in Jesus' mighty name. Well, there's a power of God, brother. You're healed in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Father. Well, there's the anointing of the Lord flowing through you. We receive it. Supernatural. Boy, there's the power of God flowing through you. God's ministering to a lot more in your sinuses, too. God's just ministering to you. God loves you. God wants you to know that. He loves you. It doesn't matter what your circumstances look like. God loves you in Jesus' name. Well, there's your sinuses opening up, and that's just a very small thing of what God's doing in your life. I rebuke grief over you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I rebuke oppression, depression. You've been bearing these things, and you've been even bragging about them. You've told other people about all of your problems. It's got to where that it's become something that has just dominated your life. That's changing from this time forth. Sister, God's Word will work for you the same as it's worked for anybody. You can grab hold of God's Word and you can change your circumstances. Satan is the one that's ripped you off. God hasn't let you be pillaged by the devil. It's not God who's done it. It's Satan that's come against you. And you just haven't stood. You've been discouraged. Boy, right now, God strengthens you. I release this strength of the Lord Jesus unto you. Father, I thank you. Satan, I bind you. I command you to loose her and to let her go right now. Oppression, loose her in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Come off of this body in Jesus' mighty name. Boy, your mind's being straightened out. You've been confused. There's been confusion operating in you. God's setting you free from that confusion. Bitterness, you've been operating in anger. Right now, I command that anger to come out of you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
God's setting you free from anger. It doesn't matter what somebody else has done to you. You feel I'm justified to be hurt. I'm justified in my feelings. Your feelings are killing you. They're killing you. It doesn't matter if you're justified. If somebody else did you wrong, you need to forgive. You need to get rid of it. Right now, Father, I release this in Jesus' mighty name. We let go of that unforgiveness. We release the forgiveness of God. Boy, there's the power of God flowing unto you. Father, we thank you. Oh, God's changing you today. He's overhauling you. God's power is flowing through you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Who else was up here for something? Would you come over this way? Praise the Lord. Amen. What do you need? Uh, problems in my son's life. That scripture the Lord said to mm -hmm. And then I've been having like tiredness in my chest and in my breast. And now they're saying you've got cancer. And I know okay, You're healed. Amen. Father, we thank you. Right here is all the care. You had care about your son. It's just gone. You know, you need to, the Lord is telling you, you need to cast the care about your son over on the Lord. You thought, well, God is my responsibility. No, it's God's responsibility. Ask forgiveness for where you've blown it, where it hadn't worked the way you should, and now commit him unto God. And as you do that, as you lighten up, your son's going to begin to respond to you. Oh, sister, there's so much that I can minister to you. I hadn't got time. I just believe God's going to show you that you need to throw the care about your son over on the Lord. He's God's responsibility. You quit being the Holy Ghost. Let God do it. Just love him. Don't even worry about what he's doing. Man, God's going to straighten him out. And I command, you know, this thing in your chest, the Lord's telling me it's nothing but anxiety is what it is. It's stress-related. That's what it is. It's not cancer. It's nothing else. That's the word of the Lord to you. Amen. It's related to anxiety. Amen. That's gone off of you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Father, we receive. Amen. What do you need? Well, I have also this indigestion thing you mentioned, and then my husband and I have something together for Okay. Father, right now, in Jesus' name, I thank you that the healing of God is flowing towards her and that all of that, those symptoms of that indigestion are gone. <laughs> Boy, there's the power of God. And Father, I thank you for this child they're praying for. I just release the power of God right now. Cast the care about it over on Jesus. Father, I thank you that from this time forth, it's not going to be oppressive. Brother, it's been anger in your heart. God's taking that away right now. You hadn't wanted it. This is not a rebuke. God's just saying that some of the things that have happened, you've just been angry. How could they do this? Brother, God's taking that away. That frustration, anger is gone in Jesus' mighty name. 